Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. And tonight we are looking at interpreting prophecy. And I wonder what you think of when you think of interpretation. Um, Maybe you think of languages. Does anyone speak more than one language? More than two languages? A bit, okay. More than three languages. Anyone speak more than three? No, okay. I... um, speak one language, which is English, and I have tried speaking other languages before. When I was in school, I tried German, but I would more just pretend to be able to speak it because it was fun and it wound my brother up because I'd just be like, oh, du bist eine Schlufen. And he'd be like, you, what are you calling me? What are you calling me that for? And I'd be like, yeah, das ist eine Fuden. Not saying real words, but he thought I was, so he'd get really angry with me. But then my parents thought that I was really good at German because I didn't speak it either, but I kind of had the, you know, the whole thing going on that when I, I'd speak it for a long time, so I'd be like, oh, na, ich bin einen Fuden haben. Nein, da Fuden. And they'd be like, you're really good at German. And if anyone speaks German, you're thinking, None of that is German. And um, so then when they said, do you want to go on the German exchange? My parents were like, yes, you speak German. You should go to Germany. And I know that they have pretzels in Germany. So I was like, yes, I'll go to Germany. I love pretzels. I know this is probably really bad to say, but I was. I was like, yes. So I went and I went on this German exchange, which meant that I stayed in a family home, but they were real Germans and they spoke real German. And so very quickly, it became very clear that my made-up German doesn't work in their house. It only worked in my house, and it didn't really work, and I couldn't speak it, and I don't think I learned a lot apart from embarrassment from that, to be honest. Um, But they wouldn't talk to me in anything but German, and I just, it was pretty awful. And um, I thought that they couldn't, that that's why. Like, the girl would kind of talk a bit, because my parents didn't speak German, I just thought, okay, their parents can't speak English, so I was kind of chatting, and then I'd keep, like, saying things, because I thought they couldn't understand, just be like, oh, for goodness sake, and I'd say whatever, and then I'd be like, so, and try again, and then at the end of the whole trip, as we were leaving, the dad just kind of stepped out, and he was like, I hope you've learned a lot on your trip, and that you've enjoyed being here, and just started speaking loads of English at me, and I was like, oh, no, you understood everything that I said, so, um, yeah, Interpretation can sometimes be great and sometimes really not. Um, And I feel like we constantly in life are interpreting each other. So whether you speak a different language or not, we are constantly interpreting people around us, aren't we? That actually, we're always... Brené Brown talks about that we all have kind of this story that we're telling ourselves, the story that I tell myself. So you might think, what does that mean? So actually, it might be that... If you're in your car and you drive past a um, car crash, do you do it that you kind of look at the cars but then decide what you think might have happened in that scenario? That you make up a plan, or if you're with someone else, it's more obvious because you'll chat together about what you think happened there, that you'll tell yourself a story. Or it might be that when, um, if someone knocks into you as they walk past you, 
you'll make up a story about them. Either that they're busy and they've had a difficult day, if you're feeling all right, or that they're just this and they're just that and that's what it is, and you'll kind of make a story up about them. Or a classic one for me that might be for you is that if WhatsApp, if you message someone inviting them to come round on Wednesday and then you see that it says typing, but then the typing goes and there's no reply, and then they write typing again, and then it goes, and then you don't get a reply. That you make up a story of what's happening with that person and why they're typing and they're not typing, and you'll make up the story. And again, if you feel good, then you'll be like, oh, maybe they're busy, they got in the middle of something, and so that's what happened. If you're feeling insecure that day, if you're feeling bad, then you might start to think, they don't like me, and they don't want to come round, or whatever, and we just make up these stories. Nod if you think sometimes you make up stories. If as I'm saying this, you think, yeah, great, because at the minute your face is all looking at me like, I've never done that, I don't know what you're talking about. So just to encourage you, that I've been talking to a few people out of this, I've spoken twice this week already, this is my third time speaking, and when I look out, it looks like a lot of this generally. And it's because you're thinking, and I'm well aware of that, but just to let you know in advance, if you can think and smile, and if you think I'm on the right track with something, if you nod, then I feel even more encouraged. So just to help you, encourage me, not like that, just a, just a slight nod, I should be like a maniac. Um, great, not that you're a maniac, bless you. So... We are in this series of prophecy, which has been written by um, a guy called Mike Isles, and he is a guy who um, spoke a word of prophecy for this church, for Ivy, years ago, and we have seen the fruit of that. We've seen so much of what's come out of that, and so he's given this workbook to Anthony, and the idea was maybe to do it with a small group, and yet Anthony felt like there's so much in this that he wants us as a church to know it, to understand it, and to hold it as a culture, that actually we want to have a culture of prophecy. We want to have it that people feel like they understand things so that they can speak to each other. And for me, I love prophecy. And like John said earlier, it says in the Bible that we should eagerly desire it. And I don't believe it says we should eagerly desire it just so that I look good because I can point and go, thus saith the Lord, you shall this and that. But actually we should eagerly desire it because every time that I have given a word of prophecy, every time that I've felt for someone, I feel God saying this, and then I've shared it, and then they've said, wow, you wouldn't know that this is what's going on in my life, then I have been so blessed that actually, wow, I didn't know that. I know me, so I knew, I know that I don't know that that's going on for you, but God does. And so that doesn't make me feel like, oh, why doesn't he talk to me? That makes me feel like, wow, he's used me to share with you that he so knows you. And if he so knows you, then he so knows me. And that's why we should eagerly desire it, because we have a God that wants to talk to us, and he wants to speak to the people around us, so that we experience that, wow, God, you know us. You're an intimate God. You love us, and you care about us, and you know things that no one else would know, and yet you know. And so we're going to look at how it can be that we interpret how we, maybe if we see something, how we're going to interpret, how we understand what God is saying. Because there's three things um, that you might have heard if you've come in the evenings. Anthony says a fair amount about what we should look at when it comes to prophecy. Three keys to look at. So the first one is revelation. So when we have a prophecy, there's some kind of revelation that happens, whether that is a picture, whether it's a word, whether it's a feeling, whether it's a dream, that in some way there's some kind of revelation that's taken place. 
Second to that is then interpretation. So it's taking that and going, okay, God, you've inspired me with this thought, with this picture. Now, what, are you, what, does, that, what does it mean? So interpretation is the what does it mean? And then thirdly is application. So now I know kind of what, what this means, what this looks like. What does it mean for this person? What does it mean in this situation? What are you saying through it? Now, it is that we don't always get all three things right. And that's why it's really good to do this with an open hand in saying, okay, God, I feel you saying this. Or to say to somebody, I feel like God is saying this. Uh, or I've seen this picture. And that if you don't know, then you ask him more. And you say, even in the first place, I've had this revelation, is it for sharing? Because it's not even always for sharing. Or that you say, I've had this, and so I want you to test it. That we're not coming in and going, I've had this revelation, and this is the interpretation, and now this is what you should do, thus saith the Lord. That actually it's all with an open hand of going, this is what I feel God's saying. Does it sit right with you? And then the responsibility is actually on you as the receiver of how you receive a prophetic word. That if it doesn't feel right, that you're able to say, okay, thank you for that word, pray about it, and if it doesn't feel right, you just let it go to the floor. But sometimes it can be that the word is given and you write it down because you think, well, it wasn't bad and I'd like it to be true, but I'll just write it down. And then you see that eight years later, you look back at that word and it's like, wow, that meant nothing. But now this is what I see it meaning. So there's all kind of stuff around it, which is why you should listen to the other weeks on prophecy because we've touched on loads of stuff. But tonight is interpretation. And so interpretation is unpacking the seed of a message and then delivering the tree as prophecy. So it's having the seed, seeing the seed, but then interpretation is being able to see the bigger picture of why am I seeing this seed, is seeing the tree. So you might see a picture of something, but then you have to ask God, what are you saying in interpretation? And I want to read something that he gives an example of this. So, eight, two, three. Excuse me a moment while I get to the workbook. Great. During a workshop that I ran many years ago, one of those attending shared a prophecy about waves hitting the beach and leaving patterns in the sand. So that's what they saw. Waves hitting a beach and leaving patterns in the sand. I remember the surprise on their face when I asked what patterns fright initially set in. But after a few moments, they relaxed and sought to see more, to ask God to go back into that picture and to look closer for the interpretation. So what more can you see? And sure enough, after a few moments, they confidently shared that there were three pictures, a castle, a rose, and a dove. Thinking they were off the hook, they smiled and paused. What do the pictures mean, came my reply. But suddenly they were worried again, and they waited and asked God again. And then, in a relieved tone, they shared that they represented strongholds, hope, and freedom. So that's what those pictures had meant for that man. So you see how it wasn't just the initial, I see a picture of this, and then throw it at you and leave it there, but actually to seek, to be able to ask God, what, what, what are you actually showing me here? And therefore, what does that mean? And that's why with prophecy, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves sometimes to have to know it all right now. And it's okay to be like, okay, this is the start of something, God. What, what else are you wanting to show me here? 
excuse me while I sort myself out. So, I need like, I always do this. I have like six books up here with me and I need like a really long one so I can just lay it all out beforehand. Cool. So. I need that. So interpretation enables us to unwrap and unpack what God is saying. And there might be areas of learning that you've heard about in church in other times where it talks about us seeing with the eyes of our heart. And this whole prophecy series started with us saying that we need to be able to see with the eyes of our heart. And there's no time where that is more significant than when we are interpreting prophecy, is that we need to be able to understand how God works and how he speaks, that we would see through his eyes, not just through our own and I had it um, last week, actually. I was in Sharston, and I kind of came, and I'd had a bit of a weird dream the night before. And it was of a family in our church who, um, in the dream, they were at a party. And they were all in tracksuits, the whole party. They were in, like, tracksuit bottoms. But when I looked in the window at the party, everybody else was really dressed up and really fancy, and yet they were in tracksuits. And I felt a bit embarrassed for them, and I was like, oh, what's going on? And then I went inside, and I was going to tell them, like, you're dressed wrong. And yet I went up to them and they were like, we're ready to dance. We're ready to dance. We've dressed like this because we're ready to party. And I was like, oh, but it doesn't look right. It doesn't fit in this context. And then I looked up and looked around. And all around was pictures of them. And I realized it was their party. And who knows, you can't dress wrong for your own party. If it's your party, you're dressed right. Even if it's fancy dress and you're the one in fancy dress. It's your party. It's all right. And that was the thing, was that actually everyone had come to their party, and yet they were in tracksuits, and it was like, that's a cool dream when I woke up, but I was like, I have no idea. It was just a weird dream. Went to church, saw this lady who was in the dream, and she was sat looking kind of, looking sad. And so I went over to her, and I just said, "Um, hey, are you okay? And she was like, no, not really. Like, everything is going wrong. And then the whole dream came back to my head, And so I felt to share it with her, but even as I started sharing it with her, I still didn't know why. (laughs) So I was like, oh, I had this dream, actually, and I explained the dream, which again is awkward that it's like, you weren't in the right clothes, and I was thinking, oh, no. And then as I was saying it, I felt Holy Spirit give me the interpretation, and so I said, oh, and I believe that what God is saying to you is that through this hard thing, even though things feel like they don't fit, it feels like you're in the wrong clothing, it feels like things are going wrong, God's saying he has put you in a tracksuit. He is getting you ready for a party of celebration, that even though you're going through a hard time and it feels hard, he's promise to you is that there is a party and there is a celebration and everyone else was at that party and that party was held at our church and I was like and you need to know that we are with you and that we're standing with you and that we're going to be ready to celebrate with you when you have that breakthrough and when that joy comes and then we prayed together and she was just crying her eyes out and was like that is exactly what I needed to hear from God And so when I started to say it, I didn't know the whole picture, but I knew that if I stepped out in faith, God would show me what it was that he was saying. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. I feel like even just that is a challenge for us. I believe, therefore I speak. And that for some of you, even as I'm saying it, you feel like you do see stuff sometimes or you do, you do hear from God, but you don't have the confidence to speak it out. And I feel like straight away, God's just like, just start, start speaking it out. I'm not just giving you things for you. I'm giving you things to pass on to other people. Since we have the same spirit of faith, 
We also believe and therefore we speak because we know that the one who raised Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that grace so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since that, since what we see is temporary, but what we... Oh, I'm going to start that again. So we fix our eyes on not... Okay. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I got through it. It's good. I'm dyslexic. That kind of wording where they jumble all it up, it's not good for me. There we go. So can you read it for yourself out loud now from the So We Fix Our Eyes? You do it. So we fix our eyes. Well done. You can read better than me. Um, but that's really important that we understand that because what I did for that lady in speaking that dream out was actually speaking into the future that God had for her. And that's what we have to be able to do. And that's what I'm going to speak about in terms of interpretation is that we can't look through our own eyes. We can't look through the lens of just what we see and think, oh, yeah, but it doesn't look like you're having a party anytime soon. Oh, yeah, what you're in right now is not a party, so I'm going to keep that quiet because God, doesn't, God has given it for a reason. And God is giving you things. He's given you tools. He's given you words for a reason to speak hope into people's lives. And so there's three keys to interpretation. If you are making notes, you might want to make note of this because this is from this uh, Mark's book and I thought it was actually really good. I've learned from this about interpretation for myself. Um, the first is that something, as you get the picture, as you get the word, that it could be the first thing is that it could be an object or it could be a door or it could be a recipe. Okay, what am I talking about? So the first thing is that it could be the object. So the word that you have, it might be that that is the thing. That's the object. That's what God's saying. For example, if you see, so I've had it before, where I've seen for somebody that they are being crowned. So for that, there's not loads of other things that are needed to go with that. God's like, I'm crowning this person. A, that word enough is beautiful. Secondarily, if you want to go somewhere for more on it, open your Bible. Always open your Bible when it comes to prophecy. But the crown, like, open your Bible. So it could be, for example, with that one, that you feel like God's like, okay, Isaiah 28. In that day, the Lord Almighty will be a glorious crown, a beautiful wreath for the remnant of his people. He will be a spirit of justice to the one who sits in judgment, a source of strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. So it might be that actually you're like, I see a crown, I look that up, and then it's like, yeah, God's confirming that. He is the crown that you need. He is everything that you need, and you read that and you get a word from it. Or it might be that actually you see the crown and you think it's more to Timothy, and so you have a look at that, and it says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. So you might see that and be like, God, what are you saying? What's the interpretation? And he's like, crown of righteousness. You're allowed to use Google. Just Google it. Bible, crown of righteousness. What might God be saying? 
Now there is in store for you, and then you just change it, okay? So the Bible is saying this, I'm going to make it personal to you because it's what God is saying for you. Some of you, you can own this for yourselves. God is saying to you, now there is in store for you the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award you on the final day. And not only you, but all who have longed for him. That's truth for all of you. That there is a crown of righteousness. And last time I spoke at the evening service, I spoke about encouragement. And I really believe you can't go much wrong as long as you're given encouragement. Who doesn't want to know that? I want to know that. I'm blessed by that, that there's a crown of righteousness coming for me. So own it. Don't think, oh, she didn't point me out and give it to me. This is the living word of God. And he has just spoken that over you, so you can own that tonight. I saw this one time with the crown and um, for, a, for a girl when I, I worked in prison. I used to work in prison years ago and I um, saw this girl and she came and she, was, she just looked a mess. She was um, a heroin addict and so, so skinny and just she looked so sad and yet I saw Jesus crowning her and so I just said to her for me in that I felt it was a real Isaiah 61 beauty for ashes that he's crowning her and giving her a crown of beauty instead of ashes and so I just said to her like the Bible says that God is going to give you a crown of beauty and she said I have just said that everything's gone up in smoke she said before I came in I just said to my friend everything has gone up in smoke she said, I just feel like I'm just surrounded by ashes. I feel like everything's been burnt up. So she is literally feeling like she's standing in ashes. And then the word of God says to her, I'm giving you a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Don't you love him? He knows her. Despite her situation, despite all that's been, he loves and adores her and he sees her heart and he wants to speak a word that will help her give her hope that will help her get her through, that will bring transformation. And I saw that be the start of that girl absolutely coming to know Jesus. And I won't go into that because it's a whole other story. The second one I said was a door. So some things are less just the object and that's it, but it's more a door. It's something to walk through. It's like the start of something to then explore. So the door would be, for example... um, A few weeks ago at our staff morning prayers on a Tuesday morning, I was praying for somebody and um, I've started this thing with God as well and I've said it from the front of where like if he says something, even if I feel like it's odd, then I'm, I'm saying to God, I will say it. The problem with saying that is then he gives you really odd things to test you and be like, will you say it? Um, And so we had staff prayers. And I was praying for a girl, and I was praying with somebody else. And what I would also say with interpretation, that's not in the notes, but I think, as much as you can, pray with someone else, because it might be that you have the word, and they have the interpretation, or that you can work together on it. So that as someone is praying, don't think, oh, good, they're praying now, I don't have to pray. But as they're praying, you say, okay, God, have you got anything more that you want to say through their word? So we were praying, and it was nice, and then I saw this picture of beans on a plate, and I was like, okay, God, what, what else? Like, what are you saying? Show me another one. No, beans on a plate. And I was even trying to just pray other things and be like, oh, I just want to pray blessing on her. And I couldn't get past the beans on a plate. And I was like, oh. So I was like, okay, I, I, I see. I was like, this is really weird. And you can just, it might be one of those things you throw in the bin and that's fine. I said, but I just see a picture of beans on a plate. And then um, it was actually my sister that I was praying with. And she was like, oh, that's really funny, because I had a picture of being like a can of beans. 
And I was like, okay. And she was like, but I've had this, I've had this um, before. I had it a few weeks ago. And it was about, she said, the interpretation was that there's a can of beans. And she said, it's to do with students. And that with the student ministry that we do, with the student outreach that we do, it's about that actually what is like a staple diet for students is beans. And she was like, and so it's like, they, you know, so it's, she said, and the interpretation was that like the guys that were going out to do a mission, it's like, you are what they need. Their staple diet that they think they need of beans is actually Jesus and that you're going to bring their staple diet. You're going to bring something that will sustain them. You're going to bring something that they need. And I was like, oh, okay, well, therefore, actually, this is saying, not only are you a can, you're already open and on the plate. Like, everything that you've been learning, everything that you've been doing has, like, brought you to a place of being able to be ready on a plate to give them what they need from Jesus. So you don't need to worry about even opening a can because you just go and be you and he will give you all that you need and he's been preparing you to do it. And she was like, no way. She said, I'm going out tonight to do student work for the first time in months and months and months. And I felt like I've been so away from it. Am I even going to have anything that's relevant for them tonight? <laughs> Isn't that cool? I had no idea. But God completely, he knows her. And he will use the randomness of beans to speak to her. Isn't it good? So that's a door. That one was a door. It was like the start of something that needed um, more. And the third thing is a recipe. So it might be that actually what you have to bring is part of a mix of other things. It's a recipe. It's, it's something that actually other people will then step into. So I've had this where I've prayed for somebody and been like, I ha I've just had a sense. It's not even been a word. I've just felt like I don't know you very well, but I feel so proud of you that's what I've heard before where I've like it was it happened in worship that I was looking at someone and I just it, it was um a young man and so that felt weird but I just was like I just feel so proud of him but I knew it wasn't me I knew it was God and so I just went over to him and I was like hi I just want to tell you that I feel like God is saying that he is so proud of you and it was one of those where like as I said and I was like cr almost crying just overwhelmed with this sense of like how proud the father was of his son and I was just like this is what I feel and I shared a bit more came but then he was like but there wasn't a lot more came to be honest it was mainly just that God is so proud of you and then he broke down and it turned out to be this whole long story of different things that have been happening where he had just been like God I just need to, I just need to know if you're proud of me and then someone came over and went I am overwhelmed with pride at how much God is saying this to you. Like, God knows. And yet it wasn't, that, that was like a final bit in a recipe that was being made for that man. There was other people had given him words, other things had happened, and it actually got confirmed for him a few times by different ways that people were saying, because God had a little recipe going on of a few ways that he was going to use it. So don't worry that your thing needs to be the be-all and end-all. But I believe he'll use your obedience if you step out and just speak what he's saying to speak. As long as it's encouraging, as long as it's in line with the Bible, be willing to step out. So interpretation unpacks the inspiration from the Holy Spirit that we need to use the eyes of our heart to interpret the meaning, the background and the detail. So we are looking for the invisible that is linked to the inspiration, as we said earlier, that it's having our eyes fixed on not what is seen, but what is unseen. One of the ways that this happened was um, 
a time when I thought that actually we need to not use our own understanding was, um, again, doing it as a pair. I went to a women's event and I prayed with my mum. And she is, so, like, she has got the gift of prophecy. Like, if you know my mum or if you've ever had her pray for you, she has words sometimes that are, like, incredibly spot on. But the way she gets there is really odd. So she, like... The, we, we were praying for somebody. Somebody came over and she was um, a lovely looking um, vicar who was about, I don't know, she was about 50, something like that. And um, she looked nice and she came over and sat next to me. said, would we pray for her? So we said, yeah. Started praying and then my mum was like, I just feel like there's a smell. And I was like, oh no. Oh no, does she smell? Do I smell? Do I smell? And I was like, oh gosh. And then she was like, yep. Yeah. There's, there's a smell. She just kept saying it. And I was like, oh, no. So now I'm doing the thing of, like, okay, God, tell me the interpretation. Tell me the interpretation. Like, how can we make this good? How can we make this good? Like, you're a perfume. And then she was like, yeah, it's like, um, it's like your mum's cooking. <laughs> it's your mum's cooking. And I was like, oh, no. Nope. Don't know. I don't know. don't know what God would be using this for. I was literally, like, panicking. And um, so then she's like, yeah. And she was really slow and drawn out. And I was thinking, oh, gosh, this is never going to be anything from the Lord. And um, so she keeps going and saying, like, it's your mum's cooking. You're not sure of it. But she's like, you're not sure of the smell. But God's saying, like, it, you think it's like your mum's cooking because it, it smells good. And it's something that you can trust because it smells like your mum's cooking. So hands up if you think you would know the interpretation for what that would be. Me too. I had no idea. And I was like, oh no, what are you going to say? And then she was like, okay. And then she was like, yeah. And I feel like God is just saying you can trust it because you, you're walking towards it and you feel unsure about it, but God's saying you can trust that smell of your mum's cooking. And then she didn't give an interpretation and just smiled at the woman and was like, does that mean anything? And same as all of you. I was thinking, no way. That one was not right. Let's move on. And then she went, that is amazing. She was like, because I am 50 or whatever she was. She said, I'm a vicar. And um, I've only ever dated one person in my life. And I've been single all that time. And yet there's a man that I've been interested in. And it, and it feels good. And he smells really good. But I just... I've been like, God, is this you? Can I trust this? Is this okay? And so you have just spoken right into that in saying that the thing that I'm unsure of, but that smells good, I can trust because he has put it before me. Isn't that amazing? Like, how specific is that? And like, all of you are thinking, no, that wouldn't mean anything to me except I'm hungry. Like... But for her, that's a life change. That's God confirming a life change for her. God's good, isn't he? Cool. So, understanding God's ways that we need to interpret, not leaning on our own understanding. Like I said at the start with all that interpretation stuff of like how we get a text message and we put our own spin on it of like, oh, they hate me because da-da-da-da-da. Or we say, oh no, they're just busy. We interpret things based on how we feel in that minute. That if you feel good and confident in yourself, you'll just let that go. If you're feeling insecure, you'll be more likely to think, they hate me and no one's inviting me to that party because this is what's happened and we make up this whole story of what's going on for their life. And sometimes when we do that, we're right 
And then that's hard because it adds to it. And it's like, oh, see, I was right. I do judge things. right. But sometimes we do that and we're completely wrong, aren't we? And we're like, oh, I shouldn't do that. And every time it happens and you're like, oh, actually, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Okay, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't judge people's opinions of me or I shouldn't think something before it's true. And that's why we can't trust ourselves we can't just trust my own feeling in that moment and that's why we say about with all this prophecy stuff it can't just be what you just feel it has to be that you are asking holy spirit and that we're backing it up with the word of god because we can't trust just what we feel because if you're feeling good that day it'll be good and if you're not it won't and so we can't rely fully on that we have to rely on the holy spirit and seeing as god sees Isaiah 55 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are, neither are your ways my ways, declares God. And so firstly, we need to know always in interpretation and in prophecy that God is always for freedom. The Spirit of God is all about freedom rather than control. So if the word that we see and the interpretation that we have feels like control, then actually often prophecy has been used to be spiritual abuse to someone. Actually, it's just, and that is not what we're about. That actually we're about freedom and God is about freedom, not about control. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the the, the spirit of the Lord and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So he wants to break any bondages, to release people into freedom and he's not looking for compromise so if we have an interpretation there's some things that we need to line up about the truth of who God is in order to be interpreting things right and if it sounds like compromise then it's not of God it was like oh he might just heal you know I just feel like he's saying he's just gonna heal you a little bit he's gonna make you feel a little bit better like Mm, do we see that happening often, that he's into compromise or like, oh, well, you just like, anyway, I'm not going to go into it, but freedom. So it starts with us and us understanding the character of God, that he is wise and he's going to build in you as somebody that is prophetic, as someone that, that prophesies, as someone that speaks into other people, that you might be seeking after this gift you might think yeah God I want you to use me like this and yet first he's like okay well then you need to understand me a bit more so that you're not putting your limits on what I would say to somebody else we have to be able to see as he sees we have to be able to know that his ways are higher than ours and I love something that um this guy says in his book he says um not just this guy's in the guy that we're doing the workbook of otherwise that'd be the worst like in a book somewhere the this workshop book um, it says god builds our foundation so they reflect the size of our calling and our destiny not just our short-term needs god builds our foundation so they reflect the size of our calling and destiny not just our short-term needs Do you know that? Like as you're speaking to someone into their life, but first of all for you, that actually he's not just going to say a word that is kind of, he will speak specifically into you, but he's not going to keep it small because he's wanting to build foundations in you for your growth, 
things. So it feels uncomfortable because he's digging stuff out that's like, oh, you're changing me, or I really thought that my whole life, and now I'm wondering if it's right because he's doing something new in me. But it's because the foundations have to go deep and wide to build something tall and strong. So God is not limited. And he's going to continually be teaching us about himself if we want to grow in the gift of prophecy. And we see that in um, Samuel. He was an amazingly gifted prophet in the Bible. And he um, was told to go and find the new king. And so he went, and some of you all know the story, where he went and um, all of the brothers kind of lined up before him and they looked tall and they looked beautiful and they looked kingly and they looked strong. And he was like, So Samuel just kept saying to God, okay, is this the one? Is this the one that you have to be king? God's like, nope. Is this the one? Is this the one that you've got? Nope. And ultimately, the one that that God had chosen was the one that was out in the field. He'd not even been called in to stand before him. He was still out in the field. He was with the sheep. He was young and messy. And God taught Samuel a lesson. He said, But God told Samuel, looks aren't everything. Don't be impressed with his looks and stature. I've already eliminated him. As in, I've already decided that's not the one. God judges persons differently than humans do. Men and women look at the face, but God looks at the heart. So Samuel, even though he was this great gifted prophet, he had to learn something that changed his foundation on that day that actually he still was looking at outward, even in prophecy, even in speaking something so great as this person is going to be, you know, and he's, he's a great prophet. From being a young boy, he's heard the voice of the Lord very clearly. And yet still, he had to learn something new from God. And it's so important for us that when we're doing prophecy that we don't limit him to what we see, that we don't limit him that, to outward appearance, but that actually we are able to look into people's hearts. To ask God, what, and it's good for us to be asking God as I go through these things, what are some foundational principles that you want to teach me to interpret your word clearer? What is some stuff that actually I'm doing that I think wrongly about that would limit what you would want to say to me, but also that you would want to say to other people? So there's no limits to God, but also there's not, for us, it's not about looking at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. And there's two more things that he says in this workshop, and then we're going to pray about the foundations that God would want to grow, about the changes that we'll need to have in our thinking in order to interpret his word better. So the third one is finance. But God does not make decisions based on finance. And that's part of being outward looking. That's part of like not looking just, uh, sorry, that's part of not being looking at outwardly at what you see in front of you, but looking at the heart of a person. And as I was chatting to Anthony about that this week, um, he was saying that he spoke to somebody not long ago who outward looking had been in prison, outward looking had been um, like, yeah, it was in prison and was on a program, was doing things. And yet he had this word for him as he was praying for him that God is going to trust him with finance that God is going to really trust him with finance and he's going to give him building and it was just kind of this big word for this person and he sort of was like oh am I all right to give that God you know like because he was looking at that outward appearance he was looking at the history he was looking at the outward appearance of this person and yet God was like yeah you speak this word 
and you trust it to him. And actually, the cool thing with that is Anthony told me about it this week, and part of what was amazing about it was, again, for this man, it actually was something that then went deeper in him. It hit stuff on what had happened to him many years ago. It hit on him about the trust that, you know, he'd maybe not been trusted with finance before, and yet God was speaking directly into that. But more than that, um, Anthony told me that this week, and then I've spoken to that person since and said, you know, are you happy for me to share it tonight? And he said, yeah, but I haven't shared it with anyone else because Anthony said not to, that God was trusting it to me for me to just pray about. And I think that's so good too, that like I said earlier, if you are given a word from God, you're trusted with that word and it is then on you how you steward that. And I think that is so important that sometimes we want to rush and tell everyone what God has said. And yet if part of the word is you hold this and you pray about it, then you hold it and you pray about it, trusting that in the right time, God will do what he's doing, but that you steward it well. But God does not make decisions based on finance. And the final thing is that God is more interested in the journey than the destination. That God is a relational God. So for him, the time together with you in A, as the person bringing prophecy, the time in just figuring it out, the time in saying to him, like, what are you saying and how does this look? That time is really important for him. But also the timing of being receiving a prophecy and then trusting him with it, waiting on him with it, praying into it with him, that can be really annoying because we can feel like, no, you told me this and now I want it to happen today. Well, why has it not happened tomorrow? And I actually had this beautiful thing happen this week where I was chatting to some girls and um, one of them said, oh, I had a word last year where they've been praying and praying for children for a few years. And she said, I had this word from God where he said, just one more. And she says, so I interpreted that as just one more month of trying. And so she had that month and she was joyful and she was like, okay, God, just one more month and then I'm going to get pregnant. And then that one more month came and went and the next one came and went and the next one came and went and the next one came and went. And so she discarded that word and was like, God, I so thought that you said just one more and this is painful and yet I'm still going to worship you. I'm still going to read your word. I'm still going to press into you. And one year later, that month she got pregnant. And so God was saying just one more year, but she took it as one more month and had to fight with that. But she's done so much growing in that last year of actually, she's grown so much just through just feeling like, even though I felt you said that and it didn't come true, I will still trust you and I will still follow you. And she hadn't thought at all, maybe it means a year. She just thought it wasn't right. And then as she shared that, somebody else shared that actually they had a similar thing where God had said September. So last September they thought they were going to get pregnant and all this stuff, and then they hadn't. And then actually it's that now she's going to have her baby this September. And that's what God meant. And it's like sometimes this happens, doesn't it, that we're like, oh God, you said this and it's not happened right now. Or it's not, I'm not seeing that happen. And God's like, there's a journey we're going on together. I'm not just interested in you getting what you want from me. I'm interested in the journey that we go on together. And we tend to draw a straight line of like, this is what it is. And yet God's more like, come on, we're going on a journey together. Let's like follow the sat-nav and just go through the route. So David, as I spoke about earlier, was given the word by Samuel as a young boy. 
And he could have thought, yep, I want that fast track route. I'm going to be king. This is awesome. God's given me this word. And yet he still had to fight a bear. He still had to fight a lion. He still had to fight a Goliath, a giant. He still had to fight a king who wanted to kill him. Nothing looked like that word was going to be true for him. He had to go through a lot of process to, to, for the word to come forth. And next week, Anthony's going to talk about timing in prophecy. And so he's going to talk a lot more about that next week. But I wondered, um, just for a few minutes now, if you'd be up for trying a bit of interpretation with me. Are you up for that? Are you up for that? Yeah, you have voices. Hi. Um, great. So you will see that in front of you there is paper and pens. Um, so if you grab some paper, grab a pen. And what I would like you to do is pray and say to God, is there something that you would like to say to me tonight? And so I'm going to do it that you can just do it for yourself and that I believe God has something to say to you. Um, and then as you do that more, you might feel like, actually, I feel this for me, but I also feel this for somebody else. But I'm not going to rush you into doing it for someone else right now. But I believe that God has a word for each one of you and he wants to speak to each one of you. And so all I'm going to ask, first of all, is that we just kind of walk through this slowly. And so first of all, you just close your eyes. If you're comfortable to do this, if you're really not comfortable to do this whole thing, you can just watch me, that's fine. Cool, so with your eyes closed, I just want you to say to Holy Spirit, please would you show me something about me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're here. I thank you that you love to speak to us. I thank you that you always have something to say. And so whether it's a word whether it's a picture, whether it's a feeling. Holy Spirit, I invite you now. And each of us individually just invite you to speak to us now, Lord Jesus. And when you have it, just write down or draw what you saw or what you felt. Just write it down on your piece of paper. It might be a word. And what we tend to do, I think most people do it, is overthink it massively and be like, am I just seeing that light because I closed my eyes and the lights are on the stage? Am I just seeing a purple skirt because Hannah's wearing one? Don't do that. Just let him speak to you and try trusting him. So if you still need another minute, keep your eyes closed and just say to him, what would be a word that you'd want to say to me? What picture are you showing me? and then write it down. Okay, and then when you've written it down, very simply, you're just going to say to him, okay, what does this mean? What does this mean for me? So Father God, I thank you that you have given us pictures or words or something. And Lord, now I pray that you would just help us to unpack it. That you'd help us to see more. That you'd help us to know what you're saying through this for us.
Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org media.